0: You're listening to Sugarhouse Sound. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Office Hours. My name is Stephanie Brown-Richards, and I'm a reporter for Westminster College's Forum Media. Joining me today is Dr. William Deutschman, a chemistry professor at Westminster, and he's going to be talking with us about the science behind beer brewing. Professor Deutschman and Professor Avery co-teach a Mayterm class revolved around this process, and we're here to learn a little bit about it and how he got into it in the first place. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on.
0: So I know some people might want me to ask you, um, do people get drunk in that
1: class? (laughs) Uh, That is an absolutely not. (laughs) Uh, Although we do learn how to brew beer and although we make beer, it's a lab class. And so all the glassware we use and everything is chemistry glassware and oh, Lord, you would never want to drink anything out of that. It's nasty. Um, so we make beer in theory. None of it is consumed. Um, and in fact, most of it's pretty bad because the first time anybody makes beer, you make a lot of mistakes. And so it, it turns out pretty nasty. But we have fun doing it, and we learn a lot, and that's the important part. For me, actually, the, the biggest surprise and what I think is the nicest surprise is seeing um, some of the students really get excited about it Um, And I've now had several students who have actually decided to take up a career in the brewing industry and are working in the local breweries here. And to catch back up with them a couple years down the road after they've learned probably as much or more than I know about beer uh, and be able to talk with them about their jobs and what they're doing has been really, really cool.
0: Do you want to just start out by talking a little bit about the beer brewing process? I mean, I know... Not that many people, unless they take your May term, really know about that process.
1: Sure. Um, At its heart, it's really pretty simple. Um, Basically, you take a collection of yeasts that are going to do the work for you, and you give them some sugars which have been extracted from barley and other grains, throw them together uh, along with some hops for extra flavor, let the yeast do their magic, and in a couple of weeks, they'll convert all the sugar into alcohol and leave behind some side flavors from things that they can't metabolize that come from the grains and you end up with beer. That's pretty much it on a really simple level.
0: That's really interesting. Um, Do you, how did you get into that?
1: Uh, I'm cheap. <laughs> uh, I was a college student at the time, so I've been brewing for God, 20 plus years now. Um, and at the time I was living in Portland, Oregon, right when the craft beer revolution was starting, uh, I really liked the good beer, but I was poor. Uh, so pretty much if I wanted decent beer, uh, I made it myself. And fortunately, one of my housemates knew how to do it and taught me how to do it. And so I just started. Uh, and then over the years, I've gotten you know, relatively decent at it. Uh, and then later in my career, realized how many tie-ins there were between brewing and the biochemistry that I teach and have sort of made that connection, which gave rise to a lot of the brewing science and the brewing science class here.
0: So will you explain to us a little bit about the class you teach on the science of beer brewing?
1: Um, I mean, so basically, the brewing science course that we teach here um, is it's a biology and chemistry of brewing class. And so Brian Avery in the biology department and myself as the chemistry representative sort of get together and teach it. And the way the whole class is set up is that in beer there's basically four ingredients. Uh, The yeast, the barley or grains, the water, and then the hops that make up the beer. And so more or less we just do little modules on each one of those four components teaching the students a little bit about their role in making beer and then we do laboratory experiments on them. So for instance, when we talk about hops, the students might go through and analyze some local beers that are made and find out how many hops there are in them. Or we might bring in samples of dried hop pellets that would be used to make beer and the students might crush those up and extract some of the flavor compounds from them and try and quantitate how many are in there. And then we do similar experiments on the yeast and the barley and things like that. Um, As well, the students do learn how to brew beer. It's not the focus of the class, but uh, we make two batches of beer and the students uh, monitor them as they're going through fermentation and look at how fast the yeast are converting sugars into ethanol. Uh, how much ethanol is being produced, all sorts of things like that. So they get a chance to really just sort of make their own batch of beer and follow it all the way through the process with a scientist's eye on it.
0: So what exactly are the roles of each of the four ingredients?
1: Briefly, some of it I mentioned a little bit earlier, but briefly the barley or other grains, that's the source of the sugars that the yeast will consume to produce the alcohol. Um, and additionally, the barley and grains that are put in beer have been Uh, treated in different ways roasted or what we call malted Um, and that brings out some other flavors that the yeast can't do anything with and so those persist into your beer so for those of you who are 21 and have had beers before the dark roasty flavors of a stout comes because the grains when they're malted or roasted at really high temperatures and you kind of char them a little bit to get those coffee-like flavors and that's then what comes through into the final beer um Moving forward, the hops uh, are primarily in there for a little bit of bitterness because the grains leave behind a a real sweetness. And if you had beer without hops in it, it would be um, almost cloyingly sweet. You, You really wouldn't want to drink it. But with the bitterness, that cuts the sweetness at the end, clears your palate, and then leaves you wanting another sip. Um, Additionally, some of the hop breeders out there have been doing just amazing stuff with introducing new varieties of hops that also can bring along all kinds of other flavors that get in the beer like Um, citrus fruits and juicy fruit and pine and all kinds of really interesting things. So a lot of the IPAs and pale ales that are being made today, the dominant flavor in those comes from some of these new world hops that are being made. So a lot of the flavors come out of the hops rather than the barley sometimes.
0: So what is hops? Is it like a plant that you grow? Is it a seed?
1: No, that's a good question and I blew right past that. Um, Hops are a plant. they're cultured fairly widely but they also happen to grow wild in utah here and parts of the other west uh it's a vine uh b-i-n-e not vine they're a climbing plant um they'll Grow the binds grow easily to 30 to 40 feet tall in a season. And then they die off at the end of the season. The part that brewers use is actually the flour of it. And so they flour heartily and, and the flowers get picked and dried. And then that's what gets thrown into the beer when it's being brewed to produce all those flavors.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: So the other two ingredients that we didn't quite get to there, uh, the yeast and the water. Yeast are the organism that do the conversion of the sugar into the ethanol. Uh, The interesting thing for me, though, is that each different strain or species of yeast also contributes different flavors to the beer from some of the chemistry that they do. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of breweries have proprietary yeasts that make their beer taste different than anybody else's beer. And so we talk about that a little bit in the class and then also allow the students to sort of uh, experiment a little bit with different yeast forms and see how it changes the beer. And it can make quite a big difference.
0: Are there... How do you obtain yeast? Like, Where do you get it? Does it grow in some places?
1: Yeah, good question. So at a simple level, uh, the answer is you go buy it, Uh, either at the homebrew store or there's a half a dozen uh, companies that produce yeast for brewers. And so the brewer can decide on what type of yeast they want, what flavor profile, and then just order that from a company and they send it there. Um, on the other hand, some of the really interesting stuff that's being done with beer right now is going more with wild yeasts. So yeast, uh, wild yeast is everywhere around us in the world. Uh, you pick an apple or a, a tomato or any piece of fruit, it's covered with wild yeast. In fact, that's why a lot of times, for instance, apples will begin to spontaneously yeah. ferment and can in- produce their own hard cider with no extra yeast added because as soon as you break the skin then the yeast can get to the sugars that are inside the apple and start fermenting it right there even on the tree a lot of them do things that we would not want in our beer and produce some pretty nasty stuff but every now and again there's a gem out there of a yeast that actually produces really good stuff and so for instance a lot of brewers are now doing barrel aged beers where they Uh, put their beer into a barrel and the natural yeasts which have been left in there will do fairly interesting things to the beer and then locally uh, rio Connolly down at proper brewing has started the uh, deseret yeast project where he's basically crowdsourcing a bunch of folks to go out and sample yeast all over the state of utah and then we're working together to try and screen through those and see if any of those yeast would actually be suitable for brewing so that we can have a a truly locally produced uh, yeast that would do something interesting and unique in beers so yeah for the most part 99.9 percent of your people just buy a a yeast strain and go with it but if you're adventurous you can go out and get your own right out of nature Uh, and then finally the water in some senses that's the boring part of it Um, but in a lot of senses too that affects the flavor of beer so For instance, here in Salt Lake City, we have very hard water, uh, lots of carbonates, lots of calcium in our water, which makes it very hard for brewers to produce some types of beer. So around here, for instance, a lot of our brewers actually uh, distill or use reverse osmosis to remove all of the ions from the water mm-hmm. so that they can then add back what they want and produce different styles of beer that we wouldn't be able to do with our normal water here in Salt Lake. So we talk about that in class a little bit as well.
0: And then this, the Deseret Project, are you a big part of that or
1: do you uh, I certainly wouldn't say I'm a big part of it uh, I'm on tap to try and help them with some of the culturing and selection of the yeast out of the raw samples so I'm just sort of volunteering on an ad hoc basis there uh, how I heard of it is just through the brewing community I um, my research project here at Westminster has to do with brewing beer and brewing science. And so I know a lot of the local brewers. Uh, and then when the, when Rio decided to do this project, uh, I heard of it through word of mouth and sort of chatted with him a little bit, got on the email list and took it from there. So it's kind of still in its infancy. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see where it goes. Is
0: the beer brewing community in Utah, like fairly large? Has it been growing in recent years? Yeah, I don't
1: have a good number on it, especially people. Um, The community as a whole, though, is growing in leaps and bounds. Um, New small breweries are coming online all the time and even sort of being in the know, as it were, I can't keep up with it. Um, it seems like every time I turn around, I hear about a new one that's going to come online. Um, so it's, it's really diversifying quickly. Um, but the kind of nice thing about it is, uh, it's a really, uh, friendly community. Everybody knows everybody, everybody helps everybody. Um, and whereas some of the breweries, Could be seen as competitors of one another when push comes to shove they all talk to each other they all help each other out it's a really neat group of folks to work with
0: so what are some of the other things that you love about this field
1: um i mean i guess the the biggest thing that i always like to talk a little bit about is that um brewing science and and the science of beer is um a really interesting thing uh everybody hears that i study beer and always starts laughing immediately after the fact. It's like, you study beer, really? Yeah. Um, uh, And to sort of realize that there's actually a lot that goes on in food chemistry in general. And then in some of these specific areas like wine chemistry and beer chemistry, um, there are some brilliant, brilliant people working out there trying to sort of figure out how these processes really work. Um, And it's stunning how much we don't know after all the years that we've studied these things. Um, So I've been really happy to get into this field over the last half a dozen years. Um, and have been sort of bringing some students along as well. And we've done some really neat projects that they've been able to present at international conferences. Um, and it's, it's just been fantastic. And the more I learn about it, the more fascinating it becomes. And that's not just because I'm a beer nerd or an alcoholic. It's really cool stuff. Um, so it's a, it's a great field. And a lot of people just sort of overlook the fact that we actually study what goes on with our food and drink. And this is just one small part of that
0: do you still teach that class in May?
1: Yeah, it goes on pretty much every May. Uh, depends a little bit on Brian's and my schedule, but I would say probably three years out of four, we teach that class for sure. And I love doing it. So any chance we get, we try and put it on.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing your passion and your expertise with us today on this very interesting topic. We really appreciate your time.
1: Well, thank you for having me on. And for anybody listening to this, if you ever have questions about beer or brewing or anything like that, I'm always open to talking with you. So drop by Meldrum, say hi, introduce yourself and we can chat beer at any point in time.
0: Thanks so much for joining us.